0: Okay, Anabolic Academy on serious and this bodybuilding. This is the portion of the show where basically I take questions via Instagram, email, see me in person, give me a call. I don't care. Anyway, just uh, send that question over to me and I will answer it and give you the best possible fitness bodybuilding answer I could possibly give you. So we actually got a few good questions. So we're going to get started on, I have one email And then the rest are Instagram questions. So this is, uh, uh, let's see, who is this? Oh, okay, design build Staten Island. Okay, this is actually a friend of mine, same as Joe. We've been. This is like one of the only two guys I still keep in touch with since childhood. Anyway, all right. His question is: What is a good split for the dad bod type trying to get back into shape? Uh, Obviously, time constraints. He has kids. His wife, work, his uh, uh, visceral fat uh, is tough to lose without weight training and uh, some kind of macro diet to go along with it. All right, so if you, this is a lot of guys' issues. I mean, this, this happens a lot. Now, my friend Joe, he's an architect and he owns his own architectural firm, so he's always working. So he, he you know, him and I used to actually uh, train together, and um, I kept training, and he he put his um, Emphasis into his business as he should have. Right. And I started working for the city and then I started doing this. But anyway, so when, when people come to me like this and they only have three days a week and they want to get back into weight training, the simplest thing I say, push, pull legs three days a week, one day push. So push would be chest, shoulders, triceps. Okay. That would be Monday. Wednesday do pull. So pull would be um, biceps and back. And then, Legs is obviously leg day. You'll do leg day on Friday. And maybe if you could squeeze in an hour on each each one, each workout, that's three days a week. You know, either go. uh, The best time for guys like that to go is early in the morning before work starts. The gyms are empty. Um, you really have uh, responsible people in the morning who have children and have to go to work and they're early in the morning. They're early, like five between five and seven o'clock in the morning and then they go straight to work. Maybe I see guys like that um, occasionally like take a shower, go straight to work. I don't train in the morning, but there are times I have been because I was on a different shift at work. And that's basically what it is. Now, as far as a, a diet goes, um, if you're going to start over again, it's basic smart food choices. I wouldn't start meal prepping and diving head first and so on. and So forth. now smart meal choices. I know that he's always on the go. So when, you're, when you have to get uh, food for takeout, smart meal choices, so on and so forth. And if you can include some cardio but at the beginning, push-pull legs, smart meal choices, smart food choices. And everybody knows a smart food choice. You have a protein source, You know your complex carbs, vegetables, so on and so forth. So you know, get back to the basics, get back to the basics. And then as you go along, if you really get into it, you're going to find the time you're going to find the time. And if you get up, if you get into the, into the groove where you kind of get up early three days a week, you're going to get into the groove where you get up early five days a week. Right. And then get to the gym before you go to work and so on and so forth. That would be my, um, recommendation. If you can't go early in the morning, go out your lunch break, because I know a guy like my friend Joe who owns his own business and is very busy and he has, uh, you know, he has two kids, three, three kids, sorry. And he has uh, you know, a wife and he has, you know, he's got to take care of things. Then maybe go on your lunch break because when you go home, it's just nonstop until the kids go to sleep. And I know by the time the kids go to sleep, it's eight o'clock and you're exhausted because from a long day. So that would probably be my recommendation, but all right. So next question, let me see. I think the yeah, the rest of them should be all Instagram questions. Let's, let's give it a shot. All right, Sup Talk Radio asked, top three Mr. O this year. All right, uh, obviously, this is just my opinion, but my top three Mr. O this year will be Hottie Derek, Sampson. I think if Hottie comes off, then I think Nick will move back into the top three. The reason why I don't have Nick in the top three is if I don't think Hottie is going to come so far off that he's going to drop to fourth or fifth. If he does come off, then I could see Nick moving up in the top three. The reason why I don't have Nick in the top three this year is because Derek and Samson just continue to make improvements. Like I've never seen bodybuilders like these two guys just continuously make improvements. They get bigger, they get harder, they get leaner, they get rounder with every contest. I I don't think I've ever actually seen bodybuilders in bodybuilding history... That got this good in this short a period of time and made these kind of gains. I mean, every time you look at a update from Samson or Derek, it's just like, holy shit, how did he improve already? It's they're just freaks of nature. I think Hadi is at the top. I don't think he can make any more improvements or add any more muscle, so on and so forth. And I think I think if he comes in just as good as last year, I think he'll probably get knocked out to like number two or three. But if he, if age is catching up to him and he falls off, Then I could see Nick moving into the top three. The problem is I just don't see Nick making the same improvements as Derek and Samson. Now, I don't know if um, Derek has maxed out the amount of muscle he has on his body. I know he's still a very young guy, so he still has plenty of time to make improvements. Believe me, I'm a huge fan of Nick. Nick Walker is one of my favorite bodybuilders. I love big, hard, grainy Big motherfucking bodybuilders. That's my; those are my favorite types of guys: the Branch Warrens, you know, the Ronnie Combs, the Jay Cutlers, the guys that you look at and go, "What the fuck is that?" And Nick is one of those guys. So believe me, I would love nothing more for him to win Mister Olympia. But when you, re- I have to remove emotion to give my opinion, and my opinion is Samson, Derek, Hardy in the top three. Okay, next question on Instagram. Billy Del Russo on Instagram is creatine essential? No, creatine is not essential. Creatine is a supplement that is basically a luxury. If you want to use it, if you like using it, it is not essential. Essential supplements to me are whey protein, fiber, multi, multi mineral, multi. Make sure you have uh, zinc, calcium, magnesium in that multi mineral, multivitamin, vitamin D. If you're over 40, I would suggest using a CoQ10. Um, everything else after that is pretty much a luxury. If you want to use pre-workout, do you need pre-workout to go to the gym? No, you obviously don't. You don't need pre-workout to go to the gym. Do you need to use um, intra-amino acids while you're working? No, you don't need to. So creatine is the same thing. Is you, you know, Do you need creatine to go to the gym? No. But if you have the extra money and you like using creatine, like for me, it's pre-workout. I love using pre-workout. So I, to me, that's the only luxury supplement that I use is pre-workout. I'm not big. Of, I'm not a fan of creatine much because I just never gained from it. I never saw many differences from creatine, and I've used it, you know, a dozen different times. You know, different, different dozen different types, dozen different times. It just never was something for me. Same thing with uh, L-glutamine. I used it about a dozen different times, nothing. So on and so forth. But pre-workouts, I always use. Because, you know, if I'm working on long hours, you know, my job is very physical. Well, sometimes on a Sunday morning when I am, you know, sleeping and dragging ass a little bit and I do a shot of pre-workout and I go to the gym, that suits me the best. But for the most part, no, creatine is not a essential. All right. Although it is proven to work. So if you can afford it and you do like it, get yourself the basic creatine. And I think it's like five grams twice a as- twice a day that's all you need that that whole i don't even know if they talk about loading up when i was a kid they would do the loading up you know five days a week you know five times a day whatever the hell it was it was crazy but no i pretty much that's that's about it um and to make it even better if you do want to use creatine just put it get the unflavored one put it right into your protein shake all right now for my man Fran is the man who always sends me Questions on Instagram. He is fun as the man on Instagram. The first one is, did it hurt sitting on the toilet bowl when you had striated glutes? Because there's no butt, butt cushion. All right. (laughs) All right. I know you guys can't see. Okay. My biggest problem. Bodybuilding was always my butt. I always had a big bubble butt. Okay. I never had striated glutes. No matter how hard I dieted. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, I only did NPC shows, okay? And I never got very big. I mean, if I grew into it and I got bigger and I and I took bodybuilding more serious when I was younger, then maybe I would have had striated glutes. But I always had like a, a bubble butt, right? A big butt. I like big butts and I cannot lie. So I never had striated glutes. So that was never a problem. I never got so lean that the bottom of my feet hurt, like Dorian says, or sitting on the bowl or sitting down because there's no, you know, because there's no uh, body fat. I never got that lean. You know, I, uh, I wish I could have, I probably would have done better, but I never, I never really got that lean. So no, I never had that issue. Like, like, you know, like, you know, you're talking about an NPC guy. Okay. I never, I never even did a national level show. I never got to that point where I had to be so extreme because I was going up to the best guys in the country, you know, it didn't happen that way, you know? So, uh okay. Next question from Hafan is the man. How well would Arnold do if he competed in today's classic physique competition? Okay, I answered some questions like this before. If you take Arnold from then, from the 1970s, and stick him in classic physique now, his build then, stick him in classic physique now, he'd get the shit kicked out of him. He would get his ass handed to him. Now, if you take Arnold and train him like a modern bodybuilder, uh classic physique guy with modern technology and modern workouts and modern supplements and, 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 uh, modern training, right. With with coaches that really know what they're doing. Then I can make the argument of he would be just as good as then, but we could never really find out because that's an impossible assumption. Okay. It's impossible. How well would Arnold do if he was a bodybuilder today? I don't know. I could assume he would be one of the great ones because he had the work ethic. He had the genetics. But you're never gonna find out. It's just simple. It's like saying, Oh, who would win in a fight? You know, Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali. I don't know. And people could argue about this all day long. But the truth is, you're never gonna find out. But that's my that's my answer. If you take Arnold's physique from the 70s, throw him into the class of He might not even turn pro. I mean, really, he was not, you know, it was a that's a different world, man. That was a different fucking world, a different time. The guys were not as big, they weren't as chiseled, they weren't as ripped the the you know Arnold's leg was legs legs weren't these round huge legs like they ha- like they have today and it was just was a different different time all right next question okay did anyone guide you on what gear to use and how much for your first cycle was it all trial and error all right so you're going back to the late 90s right and I was in my Early twenties, yeah, I was in my early twenties, and the first thing I ever used it was a product called Anapolin and which was Anadrol. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just taking like, like a fifty milligram pill a day. I, didn't, I had no clue what I was doing. And after like three weeks, I was like, the only thing that I noticed was I was getting extra, extra horny. But I didn't realize that that was a side effect. So I stopped using it. Okay. Fast forward to about a year later, right? There was a book called The Anabolic Reference Guide, and it was like an underground book. Because remember, there was no social media back then, and magazines weren't going to put you know your steroid cycles and educate you on steroids. So the guys in the gym would pass this book around, and I got the book, and I read the whole thing. And that was everybody's basic guide to what to use and what not to use. Then I remember somebody else wanted it. I passed it to him. Okay, So my first cycle was Russian D-balls, Sustanon, and DECA. And I remember in eight weeks, I put on 13 pounds. Now remember, I was working out, but I wasn't working out with the intensity that I learned to work out later on. I was like 21 years old, 21 or 22, something like that. Yeah. And then my diet wasn't the same. I would eat, 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 but it wasn't as strict and as vigorous as it was later on. So I did have gains and was it expensive. I don't I'll be honest with you, dude. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I don't remember how much I spent on that stuff. I mean, it was we're talking, you know, a long time ago. We're talking 25 years ago. You know, it was a long time. Um, but yeah, I remember it was Russian D balls. It was these big white pop-outs. I don't remember the milligrams. It was DECA and it was sus. And it was it was not pharmacy grade. It was all underground stuff. Oh wait, the sus was oh my god. The sus was these these vials. Like you had a score and crack, but they were pop. They came in like a they came in like a a pop out sheet, like a roll. So if you want the ten, you would peel the ten off. Almost like almost like the lollipops that come in a sheet, in in the, in, the, in the in the in the string of paper. If you know what I mean, you know. And you would pop them out, score it. I think they were Russian. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I don't remember. And then it was like, that was like some serious. I remember I got nosebleeds because my nose, my uh, blood pressure was going up. Yeah, that was some hardcore shit back then. Uh, Okay. Next question. What's your prediction on how well Roman Fritz will do in the Olympia? I don't think Roman Fritz will break the top 10. I don't think. I think he'll... Be at the bottom of the barrel, fifteenth, sixteenth, like that, uh, only because he just doesn't have the size. He has great flow. He's got great symmetry. He comes in shape. He's chiseled. He plays to his strengths, which is a very smart of him. He is a bodybuilding warrior. He he likes to compete, and he did a very. This was probably the best year he's ever had. But you know, like I said about when I did the wrap up with Nathan winning, um, with Nathan winning the uh, France. The uh, Shrew Classic in France—it's a different world. The Olympia is a different; it's a different world. The Olympia is the greatest bodybuilders on planet Earth, and you will be exposed. And he will be the—he'll be one of the smallest guys by a mile on that stage. And it is a bodybuilding, and it is a bodybuilding contest. And it's not like the other guys aren't as shredded; they're as big and as shredded as Roman Fritz. Wait till you see Derek and Nick and Hardy and Hunter. Samson, these guys, these guys are these, these guys are. This is arguably probably one of the greatest times of, of bodybuilding history because the, the the talent pool is so deep, and you see guys coming out of the woodwork out of nowhere, and there are guys from different parts of the country. Different parts of the world, I'm sorry, that have a hard time getting here because of visas and so on and so forth. And they're just as good and they're dying to get here. They're coming from all over the world and they're young guys coming up. I mean, I just did, I did a, when I did the wrap up on Shiro Classic, Nathan Winning, I never heard of Alfred Shiriak. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yes, I'm going to screw up people's names. Okay. If the, if the name isn't American or Italian, I'm going to screw it up. All right. So his name is Alfred Shiriak, and he came in fifth. And uh, Pete Tour, if that's how you pronounce it, I know I said Tudor last time because I can't pronounce these fucking names. Um, I was like fifth. This guy came in fifth. He should have been like, he should have been second. I mean, he was fantastic. I'd never heard of him. He was phenomenal. And this is what is coming. This is what's coming into the IFBB. And these guys look amazing. I mean, I really want to see what the young heads are going to do. I really want to see what Tony O'Burton's going to do, what Mike Crizzo's going to do. These are the guys that I want to see how they're going to fucking show up because this is going to, this is like Mike Crizzo last year did the Olympia, came in 12th, and he, he didn't even like, he just turned pro. He just did turn pro, won the, I think he won Prague, and then went right to the Olympia. It wasn't even like planned. Now he's got a lot of time to work on him. And I saw Tony O'Burton win the New York, and he looks like he's made a lot of progress since then. He looks great if you ever watch his update. So those are the guys that I want to how I, I want to see. I want to see how those young heads do, and I want to see, obviously, the top five like everybody else. So Roman Fritz, nah, not breaking the top ten. Not even close. All right, next question from Friday's The Man. Would Lee Priest do better if he had a coach like Hardy around? He breaks how he never had a coach. All right. Lee Priest was a fan favorite growing up because he was the odd man out. He was Australian. He had bleach blonde hair. He was short. And it was almost like David David and Goliath because back then there was no 212. It was open. And he went, out, went up against the big dudes. That was it. The problem Lee Priest had, and well, nobody for some reason will touch on it, is his glutes and his hamstrings. I mean, even at his best, they did not look like what Clarita looked like or what um uh who was the guy from Wales Flex Lewis looked like I mean not even close or right from the back he wasn't even close so I don't think unless he unless he dyed it down greatly and got peeled, I don't think he would do well in a 212 class now if he had a trainer, you got to remember that and this is just my opinion of Lee Priest, okay? You got to remember that these guys like Hadi, Milos, Chris Isito, Tour, whatever his name is, these guys are going to train guys that have the character of a champion. They're going to train guys. They're not going to train guys that are going to half-ass it, that want to go at their pace. They're going to tell them, you have to do A, B, and C, and I'm not going to babysit you. And th- those guys are going to do A, B, and C. Without arguing, and then to get the best results out of them. Once they see that you have a character, the character of a champion, then they're going to put their all into you, okay? Because now they're not wasting their time anymore. These are the greatest trainers in the world, right? My opinion of Lee Priest was he didn't do as well as he should have because I don't think he put as much hard work in as a Ronnie. As a branch, as a Jay Cutler, I don't think he put that kind of work in. Now, why do I say that? Well, I, you know, if you talk to him, when he's on Dave and he talks about his dieting and so on and so forth, you can clearly see that he, you know, he he really didn't suffer from dieting much. He had very high caloric intake, relatively caloric. And then on his off season, he got really fat. And when I say fat, I mean fucking fat, right? And then there was always every year they had the road to the Olympia. And what they would do is they have a cameraman follow these guys around and they would train and uh, Lee priest would train in the morning. And um, let's just say he was not the guy was fast forwarding to, to get amped up to go to the gym. Right. He didn't look like he was training very hard. Now, again, this is my opinion. This is my summation. I don't know the guy. This is just what I would, what I'm doing, what I think would happen. If he had a trainer Like a hottie, he would have to show that character of a champion, right? Now, when you watch Road to the Olympia and you watch guys like Ronnie or you watch guys like King Kamali, then then you wanted to get your ass to the fucking gym. Those guys, well, training like animals. Anyway, that's my opinion. I don't know. If he had a trainer and listened to him, yeah, he probably would have did better. I mean, it's just the way it is. Have you, ever, have you ever helped someone on a contest prep for bodybuilding show? How well did he She do? I never did. I always wanted to. I never kind of got into it. I tried. Like there was a couple. There was a kid that wanted to do men's physique. And um, I was helping him for a couple of weeks. And he kind of didn't want to do it anymore. And and I, I just never had the, the drive to be a trainer. It wasn't in me. I like doing this a lot better. I like talking about bodybuilding and giving my opinion and being a ham on the microphone and whatnot. So, no, I never did that. Um last question from Friday's Demand. Are you attending this year's Olympia? No, I will not be attending this year's Olympia. I wish I was, but no, I am not. Um, I believe it is in yeah, it's in Florida this year. I went to the one when it was in Florida. I think it was 20 2021. Yes, 2021. I went and it was actually really fun. I went with the wife and then we made it a vacation. We went to Universal Studios, we went to Epcot. We made it. Our we usually have a yearly vacation together, so we made it. All that you know, vacation. But the the expo was 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 fun. I mean, I remember the expo wasn't half the size of the one in Vegas. But I, I'm assuming that it'll probably be much better now because they know what the, what they're dealing with. Because back then it was like an emergency. You know, they had to move it because of the COVID and so on and so forth. So I think I, I think 2020 they had it in Florida. I think 2021 they had it in Florida. Then they went back to Vegas. Then they're going back to Florida, and I think I think Vegas is just too expensive, and it just made sense to go to have it in Florida. I mean, I'm not 100 sure, but that's my guess. So that's basically it. that is this edition of Anabolic Academy. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for sending me questions and. Uh, oh, actually, uh, this week's muscle talk will be really interesting because it's going to be me, Jason Owens, and Phil Klahar is going to be joining us. Phil Clahara is prepping for the O right now as as we speak. So he'll be actually fun. We'll be talking about his prep. We'll be talking about the new heads coming into bodybuilding, like we said, coming into the O, rather, like we said, like Antonio Burton and Mike Crizzo and see how they're going to do. You know, Phil Clahara has been around a long time, man. He's got a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, and he's a solid dude. So please tune in when that one comes out. I'm actually looking forward to doing it. All right, guys. Remember, like, share, subscribe. Later. Peace.